2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC. It's the Two Guys Garage
0: podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Appreciate your time. And today, it's all about the shaft. Yes, indeed, the shaft. Some people get the shaft, some people are the shaft. You know, all about the shaft, Bird. It's got to be the shaft. It's all shaft these days, (laughs) man.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. And if you're not clear on what we're talking about, shafts, drive shafts, axle oh, shafts, uh. those things that make the world go round, or at least the tires go around the stuff that makes us haul ass and If you've been around a car for any length of time, you've probably had to deal with a drive shaft, whether it's a you know just a repair or maybe some serious upgrades, modifications, changes, you name it, so there's a lot of a lot of goodies, a lot of details that go into into these shafts
0: yeah man i feel like we need theme music every time we say the word shaft like that's right um you know it's funny because a lot of people i think when they're diagnosing problems tend to look over the drive shaft you know
1: well it's out of sight out of mind it's just kind of down there and it's one of those things that uh you know if you're lucky you never have to really think about that's just true it's just there it might not even be there you just magically got all this power. You know, under the hood, and magically, uh, you go through a transmission. You shift a few gears. You definitely know that's going yep. on. And then next thing you know, your wheels are turning. How does that happen? <laughs> Strange, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, a few connection points, a few A to B's connected together, right? Right. There's a there's a lot
0: more components, parts, and well, just a lot more force. Can you imagine? I mean, drive shaft has one of the hardest jobs in the industry. Like, oh, think man. about everything it's going through.
1: Oh, every banging gear, every burnout, yeah. you know, every hard shift.
0: Well, every time you take off, you're applying a load. You're applying a load to it with, you know, some substantial torque to it. Regardless if you're hard on the throttle or not, you're, you're still, man, put a lot of load to that and every time you're. You know, especially when you're banging gears and sliding hitting stuff, and God knows if you've got a truck or you're doing any off-roading or anything like that, or you're hitting potholes, curbs, copings, you're doing any track time. You know, drive shafts take a beating and we rarely think about them when we're trying to do, you know, just diagnosis. Just like, all right, hmm, what is that noise? <laughs> you know? And that's normally the
1: first indicator. <laughs> and I, my friend, am not friendly to drive shafts. Yes. Right? <laughs> I am in that pedal. All the time. Yeah. Because right. no, that's no. the fun factor. Right. Yeah. So again, you know, like it's it's one of those things from a maintenance perspective, right? That, uh, you know, maybe you've been around, you had to update, uh, you know, your U-joints or whatever, or maybe you've got, you know, you've got CVs. So you hear that clicking noise, maybe on the front end when you're turning a steering wheel. So you got to replace your CV axles, uh, you know, and a lot of the newer cars, right? They used to be all stick axles, but you got your Camaros, your Mustangs, right? All these with uh, independent rears. So now you've got CV axles in the rear. So that's yep. a, you know, maybe a change for some folks uh, outside of the front wheel drive. And of course, we were always doing transmission swaps that changes connections A to B, right? We're doing, you know, upgrades on transmissions. Maybe we're going from automatic to manual or the other way around. And uh, we're definitely, definitely upgrading horsepower. And uh, at some point, you put enough torque and enough horsepower in something, and you're going to snap these little twigs, right? So, we need uh, we need upgrades. And the fact that you know a lot of these drive shafts now
0: uh, have two pieces, and they have a carrier bearing to it or something like that that tends to, you know, shatter, break, uh, you know, a grenade when you start getting up in power uh, or any type, any type of articulation, you know, if you're off-road. So a lot of times it's just, hey, man, I know I'm upgrading the engine. I know I'm upgrading the transmission. I know I'm upgrading other parts, doing a power out of this, that, the other. Uh, and sometimes it's a little, a little too little too late on the, uh, the drive. So, oh, I probably should get rid of that whole carrier bearing unit and get a one solid piece drive shaft, huh after you spread it
1: all over the interstate, you know or or a dig launch <laughs> it happens, man, been there <laughs> yeah, it's an extra point of failure for sure, so yeah, man, you know again, you can th- forget about that drive shaft, but uh once you're going to do any kind of mods, you definitely want to have that in top consideration, and we have got the like hottest shop in the country for drive shafts, for axles for diff swaps, all kinds of things along these lines and you'd never guess their name. I mean, you'd never guess when we're talking about mm. drive shafts, the name mm. of this company is a is it a shop that you can go get drive shafts at? It is a shop you can get drive shafts at. Shut the front door. What's it called? They call it the drive shaft shop.
0: You are kidding me. Man.
1: brilliant well you know you're not going to forget it you're not going to forget it and you know it's well named and uh these guys rock i mean they have everything you need from you know the entry level to top game uh i got my uh cv axles for my uh, ls swap bmw right i i smoke through my factory ones and few miles and uh, these guys have upgraded CVs. I think the, if I remember right, the shafts were like 300M, which is like mega badass, you know, super hard steel, uh, super high strength. And man, I can just lay burnouts all day long with those uh, axles in the back of this thing. That's uh, as, anything you need, they got you covered.
0: That's actually what the M stands for is mega badass. That's, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right mega that's right that's definitely right <laughs> people didn't realize that but give me that mega badass steel that's what I need right there what kind of steel you want the mega badass that's what Thor's hammer is made out of <laughs> I want the NBA <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> alright well how about let's take a break man we'll come back we'll get Leon the drive shaft shop this is all about the shaft, y'all. theme music and all we'll be back in just a minute on the two guys garage uh, podcast chicka, bow,
1: bow, bow, Kevin Byrne yeah
0: and hey, Willie B <laughs> All right, it's the Two Guys the Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And our boy Lee joins us on the podcast today, Fired Up. Today, my friends, it's all about Shaft. That's right, theme music and all. We have our boy Lee on. So, hey, I got to ask you, Kev, how'd you meet Lee? Just calling up, bothering him? You're one of those many people that call me and be like, hey, man, I got a problem. I
1: need some help. <laughs> help. Boy, well, you got to have your boys out there that can hook you up with the right goods. Yeah, you know, like I said, I just did my, uh, you know, my little LS swap BMW M3 a couple of years back. My E30, and you know, one of the things I needed was drive shafts. So you know, after scouring the world for who makes the best stuff, uh, these guys were it. Right, they've been on my radar ever since. Uh, and of course, every time there's a you know a PRI or some big event like that, you know, I got to swoop in and see what the latest. And the Lee is always right there, lockstep ready to kind of point out some of the cool goodies.
0: I got to ask you, man, you said you blew through those stock ones, those factory ones, about two or three miles. Uh, explain the point of failure, the catastrophic failure. Did it take place on, on a road, on a launch, in a turn? What happened when you were like, all right, uh, I'm definitely broke now?
1: Well, I got pretty lucky on this one. So I got the, uh, the early warning, the kind of clicky, clicky <laughs> sound. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the CVs kind of got a little bit too much play or you uh, <laughs> can probably jump in with exactly what's going on inside there. But, uh, yeah, I started out with the whole, you know, maybe, uh, it's a new build. Maybe I might be touching something rotating cause it's really tight in there. I put a, a larger drive shaft, you know, as well on the front end of this diff and, uh, shim things up a little bit and that didn't go away and it was like feeling the axles like oh e- yeah that baby's gone yeah time to call so lee. lee i didn't get the exciting pole vault you oh know, yeah is, yeah that's what i was hoping whew, <laughs> yeah a common thing
0: this is lee hey lee I- I- how many times do you get the phone call where it's people that have waited just a little too long? They're like, "Oh, I got another another ride or two in it," <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, it, it grenaded, man, help!"
2: Yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty common phone call over here. Uh, probably <laughs> every day. <laughs> so.
1: so, what's some of the uh, what's the best story you think you've kind of run across with? drive chef failures,
2: drive shaft failure stories. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of them out there. Um, and typically it's those guys that poured a whole lot of money into a build, uh, you know, turbo supercharger, whatever they did. Um, you know, even built transmissions and everything and completely neglected the fact that they didn't do anything to that drive shaft or those axles. And yeah. And, and typically it's, first or second launch and and yeah grenade um well
0: lee <laughs> they say racing is the constant search for the weakest link they just uh you know they're just continued on to that search you know there yeah and it, it is true uh and i hate when it's the drive shaft man because whoo when they grenade they go they typically go with a lot of other things as well so it's it gets ugly it can quick
2: be, <laughs> yeah it, it, can, it can be re- it, it can also be really dangerous you know and and yeah especially um you know a lot of the older cars that people build. you know i mean Thirty-year-old steel drive shafts definitely aren't made, um, you know, for for a lot more than a couple hundred horsepower that they were designed for. And then, you know, some some people completely, you know, overlook that until it uh, until it comes peeking up through the floor at them. You know,
1: <laughs> surprise. No doubt. I mean, those things. You snap the wrong end of a drive shaft, and that thing is flying around underneath your car. So one, you're banging up your car, oh, yeah. not punching a hole through it, and uh, you know they can potentially dig in the ground and pole vault you yeah so that's pretty nasty and i've heard some guys where the shaft is you know spinning over a thousand rpms under the car at 60 70 miles an hour And the next thing you know it's whipped out and it's it's chasing them right out the window you know like they almost reach out and grab that thing because it's just flying around yeah oh
2: yeah it's a it's a big spinning heavy projectile made out of steel so yeah it 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 definitely can cause a, a a whole lot of havoc under a car and behind the car, and like you said, even that that pole vault thing, you know, it's not something you see very often, but it's it's a it, it's a very real uh you know risk that you that you take when you don't you don't uh, put enough time into considering what you need for a for a drive shaft for your build, you know.
1: Yeah, man. Well, on that on that note, you know, starting from you know, like you said, thirty year old drive shafts. Mm-hmm. So how do we start walking ourselves up? Like what, what in the construction of dry shafts has gotten so much better? I know there's a lot of materials from, you know, steel, aluminum, you could go all the way to carbon fiber. Yeah. Uh, so give us that little bit of walk right there. What are our options and, and what, what capabilities or what benefits do you get?
2: Sure. Well, you know, we have certain, um, guidelines that we follow just because of what we've been doing this for so long. You know, the company has been around about 40 years now, um, I've personally been with the company almost 16 years now so it's it's uh, yeah there there's a lot of a lot of time that's been put into this and a lot of experimenting a lot of research and we do a lot of destructive testing and things like that and and real world world testing as far as knowing what works and what doesn't work for certain setups
0: you know, um, wait, 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 wait. I got two questions, man. I got two questions. I just can't let go. You've sure. been with the company 16 years. What did you him when you were four? <laughs> Bro, you, you look like you're 23.
1: Uh, and secondly, um, that's just because he's got hair and his hair's not as gray as mine either. So, yeah,
2: right. <laughs> well, thank you, Willie. I, I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: He's sharper than the two of us for sure.
0: Well, you said two words that, that I was like, wait a minute. I need more info on that. You said destructive testing. Yes. You care to explain or elaborate a little bit about what is destructive testing? Because that sounds like something I'm, I'd be really good at.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of times, you know, destructive testing is basically torque testing. <laughs> um, we take stuff oh. that we build and and they we put in a big machine and see what the yield is, you know. Um, so we can get real <laughs> real torque numbers on 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 the stuff that we use. You know, we uh, we yeah. I'm sure you guys know we, we supply lots of very high horsepower, very Fast cars all over the world, and we want to make sure that when we put a rating on something it's legit. Um, we don't We don't play around as far as uh, you know the, the the capabilities of our stuff and and we're we try to be as accurate and as honest as possible with with the stuff that we make. So in order to do so, we uh, we have no problem building stuff and breaking it and seeing what those numbers are, and then you know applying the rest of our background to it and and, and making good products.
0: Do you get a line of consistency when you have some, some alloy or or some mega badass metal, right? And, and you're getting it to the point where it's, it's going to yield. Do you find the consistency in that? Or is it always, is it always off by a little bit? Or is there, is there really a a infinite sort of like this finite line that you could ride and then right then and there, boom, it'll give.
2: Well, we've, we've been doing this a long time. So we've, we've, throughout the years, we've, experimented with different types of heat treats different types of different grades of material different um you know as far as you know between aluminum and chromoly different classifications as far as you know there, there's little tiny differences you can get from one speck of material to another and we've we've gone through a lot of different stuff to try to come up with what we have now and uh and yeah when when we when we do destructive testing when we do real world testing we have we have a pretty good idea of what the limitations are for a certain thing that we made, um, but you know, th- there's always other factors. You know, yeah. testing in, in, in a machine is is good because it gives you a, a figure, it gives you a, a baseline. But what happens in in a car under load, in a launch, you know, when some of these cars and, and, and the, the weight and and all these things yeah, come wheel together
0: hop and all this stuff, yeah, right.
2: Right, there's there's shock factor and things like that that you need need to be prepared for. Um, so you can't just go off of just testing in, in a lab or in a machine because it's not real world, you know. So we're right. you know before before we we come out with something you know a new line of product you know we, we take a lot of time and and you know we we know a lot of people that um, that we can count on that that have fast cars and we can put stuff in those cars and have them beat the hell out of them before we give to anybody else and and a lot of times. You know it's a combination of those things that that gives you a good product
1: yeah it's cool man yeah man you got to put all that together to get somebody something on the other end uh so you got that full confidence right because you guys can put it in a machine and you can twist it up all day when we put it in our machine and we twist it up there's a little bit of a different result right and <laughs> we don't we don't yeah. want to see the same kind of things that you guys see when you twist it up we we want to just keep going and going and going right we don't want the damage we don't want the the you know the off-road experience, we don't want the thrill factor of, of a drive shaft chasing us down the street. <laughs> now, you talked about, uh, you know, different chromolys and, and aluminums and whatnot. Um, so you know, back to that, that kind of question of, you know, if we're going to do some upgrades, uh, you know, you can upgrade the ends. Sure. Right? So your, uh, your U-joints and whatnot. Uh, now, for, as far as the tubes itself, do you guys offer several different diameters and wall thicknesses within a given material? Um, and then as you step up into you know aluminum and carbon fiber, is it purely a weight game at that point?
2: Okay. Well, let's start, I guess, with steel. Um, most of the general drive shafts that you'll find in cars are going to be made out of steel, typically not a very thick wall. Um, you know, if we're talking about older cars, typically you'll see U-joints on either end and, you know, they'll be in a standard type size. Um, and when you upgrade power, you know things you need to consider are the size of that u-joint because that's a strength limitation there, um, and then diameter of tube. Um, you know, diameter, wall thickness of tube has has two uh, things that you need to consider. It's not just strength, which strength is definitely a part of it. The other thing is is something we always take into account, which is critical speed of a drive shaft. A lot of people don't necessarily understand what that means, but a certain length of tube with a certain wall thickness can only spin safely to a certain RPM before it becomes, uh, unstable. So whenever we spec out a new part or a custom part, we always take these numbers into account. So we, that's how we make a determination on, are we going to use this diameter or that diameter? Are we going to use steel? Or are we going to be better off with aluminum? Are we going to be better off with carbon fiber? Um, so there's, it's, it's, it's not really a cut and dry thing. Um, we try to give options, you know, just to put something out there for you guys to kind of consider, um, you know, let's talk about the new Hellcats. You know, we we we're well known in, in that whole market because of the drive shafts we make, because especially because the stock drive shaft is a toothpick and will break pretty much with stock horsepower. So one of the first upgrades that gets done on those cars is a drive shaft. Um, and because of how long they are, uh, we make them out of aluminum or carbon fiber. Um because we 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 don't like making steel drive shafts that are that long because they just weigh too much. Um, But there's also other effects between steel, aluminum and carbon, whereas you know, just not to get too overly technical, but there's a big torsional difference in the 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 characteristics of the material. So a steel drive shaft if you can picture it when you put load to it um, you probably get about five degrees of torsional twist. You know, ab- that's that's it absorbing that inertia. Um, when you go to something like aluminum, which is a softer material, you get about fifteen to twenty degrees of twist.
1: Wow, Whoa. fifteen degrees of twist from end to end on yeah. a long drive shaft like that.
2: Yeah. Wow. Ooh. And then when you go to carbon, you get you can get thirty to thirty-five degrees under load. So. Wow. And the more torsional capability you have in the tube, the more it's going to smooth out that transition of power. It's going it's to unload uh, some of that shock from the rear end, from the rear axles. It's going to, uh, you know, help between shifts and things like that, that, you know, between it, it's a pretty dramatic uh, difference. A lot of times, you know, we, we get a lot of commentary back from our customers and people that put our drive shafts in and they get rid of the stock drive shafts that weigh however much they weigh so you're going to something lighter you're also going to something that's a lot more direct feeling and just makes a big difference on on the drivability of the car especially with something with high horsepower
0: you, you almost would think that it, that would be opposite like you would want something that's really stiff with no flex i mean just generally speaking as race car applications go you know you might think okay well i need something with little torsional twist um, you know, that way I could, you know, harness the power. I get it quicker, you know, I could get up on the tire. I could, whatever. But a, as you explain it, and you, you, you kind of watch into through your mind, how that would, would work and absorb, you know, has some damping capabilities. You start to understand why that's, that's critical. It's a, it's a really good point. I, I imagine not a lot of people think about that. Right.
1: Well, yeah, when you're thinking about steering, right? You don't want slop in your steering. Mm-hmm. When you think about brakes, you don't right, want a mushy right. brake pedal. But when you think about accelerating, Right? you don't think about i want some 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 squish in there some given there but but it's more of these shocks and and, and torsionals right? right so you're kind of just softening those out you're not necessarily uh you know let's say lagging on your power delivery right you're just right taking out some of the shocks going back and forth
2: exactly and then the other thing is the way that that energy releases itself you know on the, on a drive shaft that is steel that doesn't have a lot of torsional capability it's going to have more of a an instantaneous kind of spring effect. Um so it it a lot of times that will uh accentuate that that shock transfer. So something like aluminum that twists more is going to gradually release and something like carbon goes even further than that and and the the re, the, the basically when it tries to regain its original uh position, it does it over a period of time. So that shock that it absorbed is gradually released back into the to the drivetrain, you know? So you
1: think that'll translate into a little better tire bite? Yeah. You're not yeah. breaking the tire loose? Yes. You're you just taking a little bit of that shock out, you're winding the thing up a little bit, and as you get a little bit further down the track, it can unwind and put that that energy back into your motion? Birdie, you know you know how you think about it? Anybody's ever used a winch or a, a
0: snatch rope compared to a mm-hmm. chain when they're right. wheeling, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you wouldn't jerk a chain and Get two or three foot of of lead and and let all that you know shot come at come at that connecting point. You a snatch rope has a little bit of give and it's able to to slowly pull you out and absorb it you know as as you get unhooked or unstuck or you know coming out of the the goopy mud you know that acts like a suction cup a lot of times so that's a kind of a, a, a smart way to think about it and the reason uh behind it is even better you can definitely see how that would help so i'll tell you what man time has flown by we got to take a break now but more with lee more at the shaft shop you guys are hopefully learning stuff today it's kevin bird willie b it's the two guys garage podcast Alright, it's the two guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird, I am Willie B, and today it's all about the drive shaft. A lot of, you know, just misconception probably about the drive shaft. A lot of people, you know, just think it's there and it's good, and you don't really need to address it. But as we're finding out, there's a lot of ways you could make up power and most importantly, eliminate you know things that blow you around. You know we we put so much money in our cars and so much just just overall fidelity, time and investment, time away from you know your friends or your family or your kids, money, hard-earned money for most of us. So the last thing you want to do is load that son of a bitch up quicker or sooner than you need to. You want that money back. So one of the ways and one of the things we've learned from Lee already is some of the big boys like pro mod cars going to carbon fiber drive shafts. Would you have thought about that an hour ago? I don't think so. So man, you're teaching, you're learning, we're learning. Uh, what else, Lee, what, what is is another thing that you guys are doing at the drive shaft shop that people might be surprised by? I got got a good Um, one.
1: I got a good one along those lines. Lee. And you can jump into like the whole one piece versus two piece shaft, right? Sure. Now you were talking about, uh, you know, these shafts aren't infinitely stiff. So we talked about the twist, uh, but you get something long enough, and even though you think it's pretty darn strong, you spin it fast enough, and it can start to pretty much whirl, right? Like if you took a chain between two posts, you know, as a kid, you can kind of whirl that thing around. Uh, mm-hmm. and At some point, you know, that thing will come apart. So I assume that kind of dominates uh, a lot of the OEs when they decided to split a shaft in half, right? It's sure. You get a two-piece with a carrier in the middle. Uh, sure. But from a performance standpoint, right, and everything else – right what's the the trade-off back and forth between a one and a two-piece especially when you can put a few more than you know oes are trying to make everything for a couple of pennies you know we're going to throw a few bucks at something so we can change materials and you know those kind of things
2: right um well the, you know there's a couple ways to look at the two-piece shaft from the factory
0: garbage that's one way to look at it in the trash can that's
2: another way yeah if, if, <laughs> if, you're, if you're planning on having any kind of fun with it yeah that's pretty much where it needs to go but um you know, some of, <laughs> Some of those factory two-piece drive shafts weigh, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds. Um, And there's a couple different reasons why they do it. First one, like you said, is critical speed because that's something you have to take into account with the length of a drive shaft. Um, They're not going, you know, to spend, like you said, they're trying to make something cost-effective, so they're not going to spend the time and the resources to make a good one-piece drive shaft that's going to be safe enough for whatever they need to do as far as you know, diameter and, and all these things. Um, the other thing is, it's a lot harder to get uh, a one-piece shaft precise enough that it works well in a car. Um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of these newer cars with the unibody and with the way that the the, the subframes are designed, there's, um, it's not like the old days, you know, where you had a leaf spring rear end and you had, you know, the rear wasn't connected to the car and now it is. So there's a lot of harmonics and things that have to be taken into account. So These two-piece drive shafts aren't just for for that reason, they're also because a carrier bearing and the dampening that they can put inside of them will reduce NVH through the car. Um, So most of the time those two-piece drive shafts are just designed to make the car as smooth and as quiet as possible, and not at all designed for any kind of performance, you know. Um, Hanger bearings, you know, as soon as you start launching a car, a two-piece shaft with a carrier bearing, you know, the carrier bearings start to flex, eventually they wear out, they start, you know, jumping up and down, Um and then there's a whole bunch of weight there. But you know, the 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 main premise from my perspective is they want a car that, you know, that meets their uh, you know, sound quality and and requirements and and all those things um over any other kind of performance that they would get out of a drive shaft. So like you said, once you get into the type of stuff that we do, you have you know, more resources, you're you're we're making things out of material. Um, that's a very high quality and, you know, we treat each one, you know, very, uh, carefully as far as the way that we, you know, check them, the way that we high speed balance them and all these things that have to happen in order to get one of those drive shifts to work right. You know, we, I, I couldn't tell you how many times we've had people call us, try to order parts and then they cobble together their own one piece drive shift and it just doesn't work because they, they don't have all the pieces of the puzzle to really, uh, get something like that, you know, to, to, uh to work properly well can you walk
0: us through how is a how is a big high-powered drive shaft one-piece shaft how do you guys build it how do you guys make it what what, kind of what do you start with and you know for for one of these high horsepower cars something you know 2,000 horsepower 3,000 horsepower range that you're going to see out on the drag strip walk us through what you guys do to to create that shaft that we're talking about
2: well um you know we we do a lot of we we you know we're a full production production shop so we do a lot of uh, you know, production type drive shafts for Hellcats, for Mustangs, for things like that. A lot of those guys are easily over a thousand horsepower, you know, uh, very soon after they get them. Um, so those types of drive shafts are a little bit different. Um, you know, th- there's there's a lot of different drive shaft configuration out there. Um, you know, a lot of these newer cars, they don't use, uh, you know, slip yokes, they'll have CVs on the stock drive shafts, you know, so we've we've designed our own line of cvs that are made from better material that are stronger that are more precise inside that give us you know the ability to make our own ends that we use to connect to a length of tube and then you know to whatever is on the differential um and because you know and and just kind of touching on something else um because we've made so many of these parts ourselves you know we're a full machine shop you know full CNC shop, you know we make all all of our own adapters and lots of little pieces that we make that aren't available anywhere else, so because of that we've also been uh, we have a very strong custom department because lots of people do lots of swaps these days so you know we, we as far as specking out a drive shaft you know we, we try to put first we ask all the questions you know what's the transmission what's the rear end um, what what are you planning on doing you know horsepower wise are you you know is it a street car or are you planning on doing texas mile and running 200 miles an hour like yes on all of them
0: all of them yes across the board
2: right right (laughs) so um so yeah and that's how we determine um what diameter tube we need to use what what options we have you know we, we try to give people different options as far as you know different price points different performance aspects um but there's you know it (laughs) <laughs> there's definitely no cookie cutter thing you know we, we we've got it we, we've got our 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 certain uh formulas that, that work really well but there's not a one size fits all
0: nice kevin you see how he's playing that close to the cuff man they got secrets bro they're doing things over there they're like nasa drive shaz <laughs> man yeah he's like yeah. He gives all the answers but not not really the answers. like oh all right, all right it's just proprietary man you can't know <laughs> we do though <laughs> yeah man it's good stuff i like it yeah well, you know <laughs> you should be on a tv station thanks
1: <laughs> all right so you know we talked pretty heavily on on the drive shaft parts um but some of these cars now have you know axles in the rear uh cvs uh what can you tell us there you know as far as you know what are some of the things that that dictate the performance of a cv how much you know torque or horsepower they can handle Um, you know, and then you got the axles of different diameters and different materials, et cetera, like that. So what are some of the things that people want to look for? Like, say you've got a Camaro or a Corvette, right? You're going to increase some serious power. You know, where's kind of the point on some of these, you know, typical cars, uh, where you need to do some upgrades and what would they be looking to shop for?
2: Sure. Um, well, yeah, we, we've, um, we've been big in the modern muscle, uh, ever since, uh, I can remember. So. Um, you know, we, we kind of got started with CV axles back in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s with a lot of the, the front wheel drive cars because um, there wasn't really any modern muscle going on. And, and those guys were pushing those boundaries. So we, we really uh, ramped up a lot of our technology back then as far as increasing spline sizes and trying out different materials and, and figuring things out, you know, because it, it, nobody had done it before. Um, and then once these, these newer cars started coming out, all the new uh, modern muscle stuff and all the, all the high horsepower rear wheel drive stuff, um, we were able to use a lot of that same technology as far as, you know, by then we were already, you know, using 300M on, on most of our axle bars, you know, we, we've, we've designed um, our CVs in a certain way so we can increase the internal splines and make internal parts of CVs out of better materials um you know, go to bigger splines into the hub if necessary, make custom hubs, you know, we um but if if you know if we're talking about Camaros, Corvettes, the new Mustangs, the Hellcats, you know, these are all um a lot of it is, is very uh similar in the way that we've designed it, just because you know we, we try to keep a, a pretty uh standardized format as far as material that we use. Um, and and that technology crosses, uh, all those platforms. So as far as what you're looking for, it really depends on what you're planning on doing with the car, you know, because a a 600 horsepower street car is not going to have the same requirements as a 1200 horsepower drag car, you know? Um, so it's important to to really understand what you're, what you're starting with and what your end goal is and, and just being smart about, uh, planning for that. You know, we've, 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 we're pretty good with our horsepower ratings on our stuff, um, but there's always those cases where somebody tells you they they're making 500 horsepower and then they're making 1100 a month later. So you, know, <laughs> you can't really plan for that. But we tend
1: we tend to do that sometimes.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah, but you know, but it, it's good to take that into consideration so you're not spending your money. It's called superchargers you know, and turbos and nitrous. <laughs> uh,
0: so sure. Lee, hey, let me ask sure. you a question: How much does weight affect, or maybe it doesn't at all? Um, how much, you know, does the weight of the vehicle, I'm an old school Mopar guy. I love those little B bodies, which tend to be, you know, fairly heavy, long wheelbase, all that type of fun stuff. Um, I actually race a, a pretty nasty, you know, 68 Dodge Super V, which, you know, 117 inch wheelbase. That's, it's a long wheelbase, you know? Uh, so when you look at a car like that, what is, what are the things you look at? And is weight a consideration? Like, do you use a thinner, like, smaller diameter drive shaft if it's a car that's a, a race car, um, you know, that weighs 2,800 pounds versus an old school, you know, badass muscle car that's got a road cage in it, but boy, he's got some stink under the hood, and he's pushing, you know, 1,200 horsepower too, driving it to Sonic on Fridays, um, and, it, and it weighs 4,300 pounds. Like, is is there something that you look at? And when it comes to that, or is that pretty much the same formula too?
2: Um, it, we, we always try to look at that um, because that also carries into uh, the loading on, on a drive shaft. You know, uh, a 2,800-pound car is not going to put as much load on that drive shaft during a launch as a 4,300-pound car. So, yeah, we, we absolutely keep those things into, into account. Uh, We have certain, like I said, we have certain like, you know, guidelines, rule of thumb that we follow, you know, if it's over this length, we'll try to, you know, step up a a diameter or, um, you know, we we run into weird stuff all the time with people in in swaps, you know, we get a lot of people with old, old pickup trucks with new drivetrains and things like that, and they have clearance issues. And, you know, we, we have to be really careful with taking into account the weight, but also how fast they're planning on going with this thing because, that all that plays a role you know it's it's all those things together that really point us in the direction of what we can offer somebody you know but yeah weight, yeah weight is a huge thing you know just like you know just like you mentioned those old cars but it's not even just those old cars it's all these new cars too man these you know just the other day uh, a guy set a, a a new record with a with a Charger Hellcat running our stuff car weighs 4,400 pounds, you know, and it's running, oh, you know, and it's running uh, yeah. running eights. So it, that's, that's a lot of, that's wow. a lot of shock load right there,
1: you know? Yeah, it is. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, tires got to be a huge factor. So if you're just a street car, sure. you know, and you think about, uh, you know, street tires go back from a, a bias ply, you know, some of these cars originally designed for, and now you got some super sticky street tires and then you go to a drag slick uh, talk about the capability of, you know, running torque through a driveline, mm-hmm. uh, there's a huge factor difference there. So I, I imagine, you know, it's one of the first questions, are you going to drag launch this thing, especially if you're dumping it at 45 or 5,500 RPM or something, right. you know? Right.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, you're uh-huh, not, uh-huh. if you're
0: not, then you're not doing it right. Come on. <laughs> of course you're going to do that. <laughs> That's right. That's
1: right. <laughs> All right. So the common things that people do wrong when it comes to drive shafts, you know, obviously, you know, things like, uh, you know, if you're drag racing, maybe not running a drive shaft loop or drive shaft angles, those kind of things. What do people typically just not do right?
2: Um, you know, it, it, I think as far as people not doing right, I, I think, um, you know, we deal with a lot of people every day. Um, and I would say that the number one thing that, that people get caught out on is they they just don't do the research as far as what they should be doing with with their setup as far as like you said um angles are are important but we have ways around them you know we've we've done lots of uh now uh we're we're pretty well known now for a lot of custom cv drive shafts from people with older cars that are putting newer drivetrains in and have bad angles because they just there's no way to position a motor and a transmission without hacking the car to pieces um, so we've, you know, we've come up with solutions for a lot of those things. So it's, it's, um, you know, one of our slogans is we specialize in the impossible because literally we, people come up to us with all kinds of crazy stuff and, and we usually can figure out a, some type of solution. Um, but it's important that if you're building something to, to really take your time and, and do your research and, and figure out what it is that you're going to need before you, uh, you know, before you get so deep into it that you need to back up, before
1: you weld in all the critical pieces,
2: do a little quick check. Exactly. exactly. Maybe
1: call these guys up and say, "This is what I'm doing," and uh, yeah, right. then get out the big old fire stick <laughs> and right. permanently yeah, up- yeah. fix everything in its location there. Uh, but yeah, it sounds cool right. though that you've got some solutions because I know typically in drive shafts you're trying to stay, you know, somewhere below at like three degrees ish, maybe up to four degrees of uh you know sure. join angles before you start getting into some problems and then then you can step into cvs and so if like you said if you do have some of these swap issues or build issues uh being able to kind of make some of these upgrades to fix some of these you know inherent problems is uh probably a huge relief for a lot of folks out there that uh got themselves into a jam or, you know, want to do some things that, you know, they're gonna be limited on what they're allowed to do, just on space and packaging.
2: Absolutely. Or they just went and built some, you know, regular old drive shaft and then they have a problem and then they end up doing their, their research and coming to us for a for a good one. So that that happens a lot too.
0: <laughs> right on. Right on. So in other words, you could do it yourself and, you know, survive a few problems and eventually call these guys or you could just look them up or contact them. How do people do that? It's the driveshaft shop, duh. So how do people find you? Reach out to you uh, and get uh, get that call happening quicker, sooner than later. You know?
2: Yeah. Just go to driveshaftshop.com. Simple as that. Um, we've got a pretty extensive item listing on our website. We've got a couple of uh, you know. We've got a whole custom driveshaft request page that shows you how to measure and you can fill out a form and, and we can get you a quote on, on what it is that you need for your setup. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's, you know, or give us a call, you know, we're, we're here Monday through Friday. So we're here to answer your questions and, and give you some advice if you need it. And, you know, uh, ask your friends about us. They probably know.
0: There you go. Ooh, ask your friends about us. They know, dude, I like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We've been in a lot of really cool product, uh, projects lately. I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the new, uh, the Mach E 1400 with, uh, with, uh, RTR. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, man. That was you guys. Yeah,
2: yeah. Awesome. It's got four of our axles in it. And, uh, our buddy, uh, Joel Granis, Granis racing. I don't know if you, you're familiar with him, but he just set a couple months back, set the, uh, world stick shift H pattern stick shift record for a rear wheel drive car. Six, ran a six ninety in a, in a Supra and running all, all of our full nine inch kit and, carbon shaft and all that and yeah we've been doing some really cool stuff lately
1: yeah i'll say man i told you man these guys are on it they're everywhere that's yes, right and they got you covered
2: well hey man we
0: definitely appreciate it man uh one more time where do people find you socially
2: drive or uh look us up we're on facebook we're on instagram we're everywhere that uh you can type in drive Chef shop you'll probably find us
0: there you go man Hey, uh, and definitely check them out and don't forget about our show you can check it out on weekends on the Motor Trend Network check your local listings and throw a fit if they don't have it or you can get us on demand Motor Trend On Demand it's always an easy way to find us thanks to our guest Lee uh, from the Drive Shaft Shop uh, and don't forget my man Kevin Bird, our producer is Coop and our executive producer is Bob Ecker
1: and don't forget check out our website twoguysgarage.com share your thoughts with us we're on social we're everywhere Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at twoguysgarage now, Two Guys Garage Podcast is a copyright 2020 Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. And if you didn't learn
0: one thing today, I, well, I hope you retain this fact that M stands for Mega Badass Metal.
1: Mega right. Badass Metal. Get you some. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Oh, man. I thought I knew a little bit about shafts. You know, I've been living with shaft my whole life, but uh, yeah. I got a little bit smarter today, man. Never ends. Hey, yeah. I,
2: I, I'm, I'm all about giving you the shaft.
1: All right. <laughs> right on. He gave it to us, man. He gave it to us.
2: <laughs> He's got that on a T-shirt, bro. <laughs> All right. We'll
0: see you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Take care. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.